Three, two, one. Ta da! <laughs> All right. That's started a way off to start. with a, started off with one of the whatever that was. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to RPGX Radio! <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think we actually hit the limits of Discord. It, <laughs> you were cutting out there for a little bit. That's I'm excited fair. to hear it in That's post, fair. though. <laughs> I like to think no, I earned those clips. <laughs> I, I believe you did. But we've been talking about what have we been talking your about? first game. Wait, on... we don't even know who we are yet. You have to imagine oh what gosh. the first-time listener, for some reason, jumping into podcast six or seven, what are they going to think? They're oh. like, who's that guy? What's this Joker's deal? Oh, well, I'm the Joker. And I guess that makes me the Riddler? Yeah, I could see you as Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only, the only true Riddler we've seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to think I'm more of a Frank Gorshin, if anything. But Wow, I have no idea who that is. I'm not old, but I am King Monkey, <laughs> and I am your co-host today, as usual. With me, as always, is our primary host, whoever this guy is on the other side. I, I would say I'm also a co-host. Oh, crap. That means we don't have someone fully in charge here? Oh, no, no. I'm in charge, but oh. I, I'd like to pretend that we're equals. So you're like one of those managers that, you know, likes to pretend that they, they're down on the, on the production floor as well? Yeah. I, I I definitely I call you in. I say I know your job. I know mm -hmm. it's hard, mm -hmm. but you're sucking at it, and you need to get better. Get good. While you, of course, have no experience doing the job. Oh, of course, of course. I understand how management works. I think I think we all have been there. <laughs> oh yes, yes. At different points, uh, especially in this heated time, which by the time this comes out, will no longer be it's heated, not heated anymore. Everything's cool now. It's all cool. Everything's man. everything's perfect. It's all cool. Economy is booming. Yeah. We are all just a happy, loving, futuristic utopia. Yeah. I'm gonna be embarrassed if it turns out that I'm dead by the time this airs. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be embarrassed Woo! because I'll have to introduce a new co-host by then. Yeah. My death would be terribly inconvenient for you. <laughs> Seriously, you cannot do that because I have plans, man. <laughs> I got things to do. I've already had something mess up my plans. You can't mess up my plans now, too. Fair enough. All right. I'll do my best. But as we were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, RPG Crossing's first character. Right. <laughs> newbie's first character. We've talked about <laughs> it's finding baby's a game. first PC. <laughs> We've talked yeah. about first how you go about finding a game, and then about how you go fitting a character into the game that you want to try and be in. Mm -hmm. So now with those two pieces, we're going to talk about how you fit all that into an application that will then be reviewed and probably scored either openly or secretly by the DM. And right. you will be intensely judged by the product you put in front of someone else. Yeah. No enough. stress. No, but before no we get there, leaving that just kind of hang in there, <clears throat> yep. King Monkey, why don't you tell me about a role-playing game system that you have always wanted to try, but maybe you're just too old and run down and don't have the time for anymore? I'm too old and run down for a lot of things, but beyond <laughs> that, 
I would say the only thing that comes to mind is Numenera. Okay. I mean, mostly I, I don't. It's because I don't really think about the games that I would like to try and then not try them. If there's okay. a game that I would like to try, I would just do it. But I think Numenera is one that my uh, buddy had shown to me, and the idea behind the setting and the particular mechanics to the game seemed very appealing to me. Uh, but hmm. just never got a chance to to get into it. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's probably the one I would go with. How I about, how about you? have a lot, unfortunately. Pick but the I worst. Think... No, pick the worst one. Which is the worst <laughs> system that you want to try, but haven't had a chance? Well, I don't think I want to try any bad systems. No, but of the systems you want to try, you have to acknowledge one of them is terrible, or at least the least good of the list. I'm curious. Mm. Like, you could easily come up with solid gold that you haven't tried yet, and we'll be like, yeah, that you should do that, man. But I want to hear the one that you go, you're going to say, I really want to try, and then the listeners are going to say, oh, no, don't. Oh, Which one's okay. That? I can give you that one right off the bat, mm-hmm. because that is Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition. Mm. Are we starting edition wars or is that going to be a separate <laughs> podcast? We, I think we should save that. Fair enough. I, well, I do know episode nine it, is, sure. it is a highly polarizing system. Sure. And even people who like it will talk about how other systems do it better. And you know who I'm talking to, Awesome Eli. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I've heard that there are lots of good elements to fourth edition mm-hmm. while the whole is less in line with what people expected it was going to be. You know, if you want to play a tactical board game, that's fine. That's cool. But it's maybe not what the people who had grown up playing third and a half, third, second, and first edition D&D were expecting. It's definitely not what people were expecting. And that's where I think, Mm -hmm. that's where I think Paizo has done an excellent job with Pathfinder. Right. Because they did a lot of the same types of changes into their second edition. It's a wildly different, take that still feels like pathfinder which is now where i think fourth edition does land right the difference being they've been kind of showing their changes for a while they had a play test session where they said here's what we're going to do and why we're going to do it we'd like you to try it tell us how to make it better Mm -hmm. they've established a kind of a way of interacting with the people that wizard of the coast just didn't at the time right and so then the first people that look at it give a knee-jerk reaction everyone trusts that and we get the oh, it's MMOs for babies on tabletop. Yeah. It's kind of funny, though, because if you think about it, Dungeons & Dragons started from tactical board gaming, right? Oh, Chain yeah. Chainmail and, and uh, the first very first things were largely just moving your pieces around a board and rolling dice. Yeah, I think I think the biggest departure in 4th edition, other than the, the rolls thing, hmm? is is really just they codified that it is a miniatures game and yes, yeah. you could always do the earlier versions without it, but a lot of the rules that you get are codified in very yeah. numerically bounded things. Your mechanics are all based on distance and all that. So if you do it all theater of the mind, you're leaving a lot of control for anyone else to decide. And then yeah. you kind of get that push and pull with the DM. Or alternately, what you're doing is it becomes a video game at that point where you've got the tactical section, then you've got your cut scene where you do your role play, and it alternates, <laughs> and never the twain shall meet, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> but fair that of the ones that I want to try, I guess D&D 4th Edition would be the quote-unquote worst of the group. Sure. Not in any kind of, I think it's a bad system way, because I've never played it. I don't yeah. know for sure. Fair enough. I mean, you won't know unless you try it, right? Exactly. Just like with everything. Try it once 
or you know maybe maybe don't maybe some Everything. things you can look at it and you're like i'm pretty sure that's not for me no no I, i'm gonna go on the record the official rpg crossing stance try everything once every single thing everything and yep. that can never be a bad idea it's not and and if 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 that statement does not jive with rpg crossing well, then birched is gonna have some answering to do really well I mean, I was just going to say that my opinion is very easily changed with the application of cash. I will isn't, say really. anything isn't. for the right price. Yes. And that price is lower than you think. <laughs> you think we have standards, Birch? We do not. Literally anything. Throw it our way. Then yep. you've, you've purchased yourself two podcasters. Oh, man. Like, of boom. Quality. Of X quality. Yes, and proven long-term podcasters mm-hmm. with a strong, long-running a history, podcast. storied history of quality podcasts <laughs> uh, on a whole range of topics. And let us now demonstrate the amazing quality of this podcast by verging into verbs, verb of the week. It's the educational section. It, it is because we are always trying to help people grow as people and mm-hmm. non-people and whatever else you may decide to be. Sure. And so the random verb is just our way of giving back to the community. And that's as much as you can expect from us. Exactly. And if you want something more than that, cash. Right. So I'm going to hit the random button. Do it. Do it. Okay. Our random verb of the week. I'm so nervous. Is sound. Sound as a verb? Okay. Yep. Edric sounded out a couple of songs before the concert only to discard them when he realized they would not woo his target in the audience. Ooh, he has a target in the audience. He's wooing. Mm. Well, you don't just woo at random. What kind of amateur bard does that? I mean, if you look at popular media Mm. that the kids are watching these days. I love popular media. That seems like what bards all do now. They just, they run into something, they seduce it. That's what I hear. Yeah, I mean, I certainly have never played such a base and unimaginative character. Uh, I don't I... think anyone <laughs> of our caliber would no. stoop to such things. No. I think when you <laughs> when you reach a certain rarefied level of role players such as you and I, uh, I mean, yes. those <laughs> common archetypes no longer apply. I mean, we, we are just uh-huh. so far beyond them at this point. <laughs> we exist outside of the bounds of what you would consider normal role play. I, I would definitely agree with that. This started <laughs> off as bragging, but I think we gradually fell to the side. <laughs> we, we, we found the truth again accidentally. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with the truth. Welcome back to the Dramatic Reading Corner, where we feature game posts deemed exceptional. This month, we feature user It's a Verbs post from October 2014 in the game Legend of the Living Force by DM Muzuba. Enjoy! Great! Absolutely fantastic! Luck is certainly shining her twinkliest beams of good fortune on you this day, Jumkajar. The smuggler mused with himself while mentally stacking the list of everything that had just gone so horribly wrong. Starting with the mysterious assault on his ship, 
and ending with Docking Officer M and his impeccably concise list of fines, fees, schedules, and penalties. No, no questions, the Twi'lek responded to the uniformed bureaucrat, chewing on the bitter ball of a smart-ass retort he wanted so badly to spit at the smug soldier right then. Don't push it, Ghost. I was going to thank you for helping to save our lives, but at these prices I'll presume it's inferred. Jem added with a sardonic lilt, examining the data pad and stowing it in a jacket compartment and flashing a subtle half-scowl at Lord Captain Big Man Fancy Pants. He turned away, signifying their conversation was over, his head tails flailing slightly from the abrupt spin. Damn right he had questions, but it was blindingly clear already that Im was far too impressed with himself to be useful. It could wait. After an economical conversation with Sully, including a very sincere expression of gratitude on Jem's part toward the Sulliston for his deft skill under pressure, the two separated, as was their custom upon docking. Not that this was a customary arrival by any means, but the basics were in place. Spacer wants to unwind, shake out the hyperlag, so to speak. Jem usually opted for a drink and some local gossip farming, always open, of course, to the opportunity for a random personal encounter. Sully was more specific in his preferred method of decompression, and also more direct about it, choosing to pay for his bit of one-on-one -on -one attention rather than leaving it to chance. Sully's quick thinking and skilled fingers had saved them for sure, but from what? After consulting a directory and deciding on a casino called Gallia's Fortune, Jem set out alone after that drink. In terms of finding out what's going on around this place, he'd do better there than anywhere else. Plus, he really, really wanted a drink. Let's see. The agitated smuggler occupied his overactive thought process with a brief inventory of current troubles. His ship was seriously messed up. His cargo was confiscated. He was accused of a number of apparent misdemeanors and owed far more in fines than he had funds to pay. Not knowing who or what qualified as authority on Onderon, one couldn't blame Jem for being a bit apprehensive about his upcoming day in court. This might be a manageable set of complications without adding to it that he was technically, depending on what sections of galactic laws might be in effect in this system, guilty of humanoid trafficking. The fact he was actually a liberator had nothing to do with it, practically speaking. If you're caught, you're on your own. It's the best way to protect the flight. Important people were involved, and their anonymity was crucial to the mission. Freedom Flight had become more than a way to relieve his own sense of guilt for the less-than-wholesome sorts of trade from which he earned his profits. It had become his true purpose, and at every close call, he reminded himself that he was ready and proud to make the ultimate sacrifice to prolong the cause. It had by no means gone unnoticed by Jem that this slave was a Twi'lek, and that reminded him of his mother. It was her spirit that gave him the comfort in knowing that what he did, no matter the personal cost, was right. They usually make sure to train the slaves before they get picked up, to stick to the cover story and not implicate the flight. And at that moment, Jem was hoping against hope that Kiara wasn't as entirely dense as she came across and would keep her 15-year-old bubble-blowing mouth shut. I need to find a lawyer. The best part is that even that wasn't the worst of it. You can't make it up. Jem had stolen property from Nordo the Hut. 
Theft is the worst crime you can commit against a hut, and Nordo doesn't stop at mere death sentences for theft. He goes the extra mile and tortures you for months, if you're lucky. If you're not, for years. So, unless it's a frenzied rancor, your lawyer isn't going to get you very far with Nordo. What the stars was it that hit the apogee? They weren't tracking anything. Clear space, smooth sailing, then boom! Jem couldn't even look over the ship's data recordings without a court-appointed babysitter, but whatever happened out there was not typical, and he'd be looking hard for some answers right after he got the most immediately important answer he was looking for. Spying the casino's visage as though any being with sight could miss it, Jem Kajar straightened the front of his jacket and entered the premises. His destination, the first service bar to appear in his field of vision. After navigating a field of gaming tables, only barely avoiding a collision with two rambunctious young human males who were celebrating their winning streak in good fashion, the keen-eyed spacer found an open spot at the bar and caught the attention of the first server to look his way. You've got a good Savarine brandy, I hope. Immediately important answer number one incoming. Raising his voice a little bit, as this part of Jem's introduction wasn't meant to be private, he said clearly, Aside from the brandy, the thing I could really use is a decent lawyer. It seems I just violated all sorts of ordinances by crash-landing my disabled spacecraft here at the docks of Isis. Know anybody like that? The scoundrel fully intended to catch the ear of not only the bartender, but any other interested party who would engage him in conversation. This was Jim's wheelhouse. He knew nobody in the place. He had no idea what to expect. He felt right at home. Thanks for joining us once more for the Dramatic Reading Corner. Your narrator was King Monkey. Music was provided by Incompetech and Tabletop Audio and used under the Creative Commons Attribution. We hope you'll join us next time for more Dramatic Readings. And be sure to nominate posts that you deem exceptional. Shall we move on to our topic <laughs> yes, of the day? Let's, let's move on because we are talking about fitting a character into an application. So the first thing you got to start with is what form that application is going to take. How do you determine that, King Monkey? Circle. Very good. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Uh, what form? I said form, not shape. Oh. Okay, I misunderstood the question. Um, so what are you asking me here? Are you talking about like the way I format it on the page? Or are you talking about... How do, uh, yes, how do you determine okay. the format of your application for a particular game? Uh, you know what? That's simple because most DMs will put what they're expecting. And, okay. And I would say most DMs who know what they're doing will put what they hope to see. Okay. Um, so if you are looking to host a game and you don't want to have to wade through uh, a dozen totally different types of applications, um, you should format it in such a way where you state what you're expecting. Name, race, quick backstory, class, whatever it is. So most most DMs I find will put that in what they're looking for. Okay, so the content of the application is determined beforehand. Is it what you're really should be. I would say it should be. Maybe I would go so far as to say it could be a warning sign 
that if the DM has not put in specific instructions for what he's looking for or she's looking for from an applicant, that might be cause for concern. It's at least something to keep aware of and to watch as you're going through and doing other things, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if not a specific format, there should be some kind of implied information that they're looking for uh, from their perspective players. Okay, so if a, let's say the game says, I want your name, race, gender, class, age, and alignment. Okay, alignment, description, brief backstory is the usual kind of thing. Do you just go by the numbers and put that in order in your in your application usually when reading through the uh game advertisements i will figure out what kind of character i would want to play so it it honestly kind of starts in my mind in the story phase from which i can parse out the details that they're looking for in the order that they're looking for them if that makes sense okay so you're trying to feel the dm out at that point to see what they want Mm, and how you can best dm yeah see what they're looking for what's going to satisfy them Oh. Yeah, feel free to edit any of that out, but uh, there you go. No, I mean, it, yeah, I most DMs will at least imply what kind of things they're looking for, and then I will figure out what kind of character I can provide that fits that, and then jam it into the format that they may have posted, or at least include the details that they've specified they're looking for. Okay, so do you have a go-to, here's my normal... If I need a format and I don't have one, this is the way I do it. Actually, I don't, no. Okay. Uh, I, I know I've met some players who do just keep it in like their personal folders or something where they can copy and paste it in and then swap out details, uh, but I don't have that. So you don't have it already ready. Do you have like in your mind, like if they don't give you something, here's the order I normally do this in? No, but I think, I you know, we've done enough character sheets throughout time that we generally understand what makes a character. Uh, Mm -hmm. without getting into the nitty gritty, like the stats and, um, modifiers and whatever you may have, just sort of the core background information, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I will agree that sometimes a, uh, a game will have, here's how to, here's how I want it formatted. And I think if a GM does that, it's probably a good idea to go with that. Yeah. I've seen it work out for someone when they go against that and come up with something different. But you got you got to really bring the goods then. If you're specifically being the the tryhard who's doing something different, then it better be good. Don't just mm-hmm. don't just deviate for the sake of being uh, special or cool. You know? Definitely. I tell and- you, I I sorry to interrupt. Um, I actually did a very different take on a uh, application process for a game that I ran for a couple of years, maybe a year, maybe two years. Time is all a mystery and a blur to me. Um, (laughs) Where instead of asking them for a character type, because I was going to be providing characters for them, Hmm. I asked them to write a brief act of cruelty. I wanted them Hmm. to describe like essentially a minuscule short story or a fraction of a short story detailing an act of cruelty, Hmm. which was completely off the wall. And I got some thoroughly creepy ones and some of them were so cool and it was like completely narrative and because they didn't know what kind of character they were going to play because that would be provided by me they were sort of free to just focus on that on those details it won't work for every game won't work for every player won't work for every dm but i lucked out got some good ones definitely not and and you definitely kind of feel out 
for each mm-hmm. game. I I would say you're you're pretty safe if you go with your typical name, race, class, age if appropriate. And mm-hmm. then from there you want to put the big 3, which is your your physical description, your personality, and your background. Right. If you can include those pieces, you've covered most of your character. Yeah, without having to get into all the the rolled stats and the numbers which is probably just a step too far if you're still in the application phase anyway. Well, and that's interesting because for me, once I have the character built, or sometimes if I get stuck on building the the details of the, the person character, I'll go and make the, the mechanical decisions on them to help fill in some of those blanks. Would you think that that causes, um, let's say the DM doesn't want to get into the mechanics of it and they don't tell you what the uh, character creation process is going to be? Like, they don't tell you if it's points by or dice or whatever the system has. Would mm. that affect your application or your desire to apply even? It, it can actually affect my desire to apply because I've I've mm-hmm. recently discovered that I am very not into random stats. Okay. So So I don't mind rolling for my stats, but I have to know that's the case beforehand. I have to be able to roll before I make my character. Okay. Because if I roll really crappy stats for my character but i make him out to be this amazing paladin who rides in and slays evil like those two kind of don't fit and so i have to either change who my character is or Mm -hmm. kind of start from the beginning again yeah yeah you know what i think because of my advanced age uh the fact that i started in earlier editions when we started playing your D, your stats were 3d6 in order (laughs) <laughs> um, so your dice would very much determine, oh, look, you're going to be a mediocre fighter again. Um, so I think now these kids are spoiled with their points by and their standard arrays. Back in my day, everyone was a mediocre fighter. And that's just the way it was. Well, and if I remember correctly, because I listened to a, I listened to another podcast called System Mastery where they review old games. Okay. Yeah. And. On their their 25 episode anniversaries, they've kind of hit the various D&D group. And when they talked about first edition, it was an option to roll down the line 3D6. And it became codified, I believe, in second edition, if I'm remembering Uh, correctly. So mm -hmm. it it wasn't originally the way to do it. And then it became the way to do it. And then 3.5, again, went away from that. It was another option. So it's it's interesting how... Mm -hmm that has kind of stuck in in people's minds as the way it used to be done. I feel like this was Advanced Dungeons & Dragons before 2nd Edition that we were doing it that way. I'm struggling right now, but I believe 2nd Edition introduced uh, a variation of points by and the 4d6 keeps the three highest. Hmm. I feel like that's true, and therefore it is. Well, perhaps that's something we can discuss in a... a Future far, episode. Maybe future. we'll do a whole D and D month where we'll go through the various editions. That could be uh, fun. Yeah, or we could do an entire month of Shadowrun specifically for Eli and uh, we should. And, we should always. We should always suggest that we do that next month. Yes, but it's always next month. It's always next month. Oh, we run out of time this month. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're gonna Eli. Get to it. Shadowrun sorry. for sure next month. <laughs> We'll do our own very uh, special thanks to Matt Damon for sticking around. We'll hopefully right. get you next time. <laughs> that's that's definitely a bit we should should keep an eye on. Yeah, that's definitely the sort of thing that we should have <laughs> said in recording like this too, for sure. <laughs> 
Eh, if we have a magic of editing, just try to act know. surprised, or we'll just hope that they act surprised. <laughs> but yes, the the yeah, format yeah. to get back on our on track, or we do that, we we stay on topic field. here. To, to, <laughs> the right. format of your your application can mm-hmm. actually really help or hurt you if you're struggling because I've do- actually used unique formatting mm-hmm. in order to present my information when I'm struggling to kind of do a more linear approach to it. Sure. So and I've done one where they had a the game was you have a prophecy about you from somewhere. I don't even remember the specific details. You were a kid of prophecy. And so I kept, I made the prophecy and then I split it up by lines interspersed with descriptions or scenes from his past or journal entries. And so I kind of moved between these things. So I'm describing the hook part of him while I kind of use his arming sequence to describe his physical appearance or i use this moment where he's rushing to save a village and fails to talk about his personality and that allowed me to sink a little deeper into the character than saying oh yes he was a child of this prophecy blah 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 blah. and then he grew up and he acquired this armor and now he walks around carrying this and blah, blah blah and it helped me to kind of to be that character for that moment in a different way yeah but you can't always do that kind of thing it has no. to really click but, I mean, for you. It, uh, I would say it's probably better to err on that side than the more mechanical because during the application phase, you are basically trying to sell to the DM your writing skills, right? Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, you want them to know that you are someone who's going to put effort into it and is capable of writing uh, more than a two-sentence post where so then typically would applicable. you, whenever possible, do a role-playing sample for that character that you're trying to get accepted. Probably a brief one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say it's worthwhile to include, unless they specify they don't want it, but it's worthwhile to try and include, if not uh, a role play sample, then at least be a bit more prosaic with your description. You know, mm-hmm. put some effort into the backstory rather than just putting the bare bones, because this is the time where you're trying to sell yourself, you know? Definitely. And and specifically on RPG Crossing, if a background or a description or any of that gets too long, you want to spoiler that because yeah. you don't want to take up a huge section of the page. That's the DMs and opening post prerogative, and that's about it. Everyone else should be trying to keep it pretty condensed. Concise. Yeah. And uh, I would honestly say that if you are get to a point where you have to put it in a spoiler button, you've written too much. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I, I have had people apply to my games where they either put in or a spoiler button a wall of text. It does not appeal to me when I've got maybe two dozen posts to look through to, to find applicants. Uh, again, just sort of time. It's not the time, in my opinion, to be writing uh, page-long uh, entries. Save so that. definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, I, and it'll vary from DM to DM. Of, of course. course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as but people are people, you'll get it is something to keep buried. in mind. If you if you find yourself writing four and five pages of background and personality and physical description, then maybe go through and see if some of it can be pulled out or if you mm-hmm. can highlight the, the main bits. When I'm writing a background, to keep myself from going overboard, because I had that phase where I wrote pages and pages of backstory, Yeah, but I try and focus in on three key points that, sort of all combined to make them who they are. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you've developed pages and pages of backstory, that's great if, that you know who the character is. Post a concise, uh, like a, a Reader's Digest version of it or an excerpt from it. Save mm -hmm. that for if you get accepted, post that as your character background. You know what I mean? Take the good yeah. bits, take the highlight, take the Coles notes, put that in the application thread, save the rest for if you get accepted, and then say, here's my character's full backstory. Wait, did you just say Coles notes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you don't have Coles. You have Cliff's notes, which are basically the same thing published by a different company. Well, I, th I think now, I think States. today's kids use Spark Notes. Oh, is that what they do now? I think that's what it is now. I I know Spark Notes were a thing for a while. It was Cliff Notes when I was younger. Okay. But I think it's Spark Notes now, and maybe it's something else. Maybe it's just read the Wikipedia entry now. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Cliff's Notes I think was the American version. Cole's Notes was uh, the Canadian version. Oh, so it's uh, obviously worse. But my guess is they were probably made by the same company, just published through different bookstores. <laughs> it's brothers, Cliff and Cole. Yeah, Cliff and Cole. <laughs> Cliff Cole. Maybe that's his name. Oh. Cliff Cole. Maybe. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like the protagonist to a cheesy American action TV series. Or or maybe it's it's that misunderstood assassin that <laughs> it's just just feels like it's their only option. And I'm, I'm Cliff the Darkness Cole. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Cliff Cole. The last thing I want to talk about mm. with applications, unless we get sidetracked again, is images. Right. Where do you fall on images in an application? Um, I think they're useful. I don't think it's mandatory. Keep in mind, don't make it uh, frame-breakingly large. Oh, definitely not. Spoiler button if it gets too big. Yeah, or for just sure. maybe, maybe reduce it somehow if you can. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, uh, it's visual. That's fine. I get it. Some people would like to see a picture of a character. Uh, some people would rather write a description for something. I think it's cool, but I don't think it's required or anything. Do you think a picture can replace a written description? No, because you're not always going to be, you shouldn't always be posting your character's picture in every post. So you mm -hmm. may just want to be able to ensure that you know how to describe the character in part or in whole throughout the thing without constantly relying on posting a picture. Definitely. And unless you're really good at GIMP or Photoshop, odds are the picture you find isn't going to be exactly what you're envisioning. You kind of write the character around the picture to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you do that, then it is the character. But then when I, when it's like when I used to, when I used to compose music, I'd have an, I have an idea in my head and I'd go to write it. But by the time I got there, I've heard so much other stuff in the intervening distance that yeah. things have morphed a little bit. And so I've kind of deviated away from that original idea. Yeah. And I will say, uh, sort of doubling back uh, to my statement about not posting an image, uh, even that's not a hard and fast rule. Uh, there's one guy in a game that I'm playing now who does post an image, but he's got it formatted He's got his posts formatted in such a way that everything's framed and everything is neat. So it's not just an image at the top of each thing or a spoiler button at the top of each thing. If you're mm. good at formatting, if you're really good at formatting and you can make the presentation uh, clean and uh, attractive, then go for it. But <laughs> Basically what we're saying is there are zero hard rules yeah, and exactly. you just need to listen to us for 30 minutes at a time because... Just We're shut just going to talk, and none Come of it on. actually is a yes or no answer. <laughs> yeah, unless, again, Birch pays us, and then whatever he says goes 100%. Yeah, yeah. whoever throws Don't money at us, it. we'll yeah. get 
their opinion as the official opinion of oh, RPG. Oh boy! Crossing. So that means if if Awesome Eli gives us money, we are going to do a month on Shadowrun. I mean, it just matters where we set that bar, right? Uh, I don't know. I think we may have overcommitted there. No, I'm I'm sticking to it. Money coming just... in, we did. We're good. <laughs> if if you give me money, I will say whatever you want, however often you want. Right on. If you want me to spend thirty minutes just saying, <laughs> I will do that. Yeah. Because we have I am a sellout. And, yeah, you meet that price tag <laughs> and you get the product. It's as simple as that. It, Fair enough. It's, I I feel like it's super simple. Fair enough. Once you get morals and standards out of the way, it's all <laughs> yeah. very simple. I I mean, why would I want morals where my money goes? I don't think it's effective uh, as a choice in this day and age. But Definitely here we are not. getting political again. You will assemble the adventure. But speaking of morals, we gotta we have to return to Beta and Beta. his desire to hire a party to rescue a village from Gothmog Yadun. Yadun? Of Yadun. Your village, <laughs> Yadun. <laughs> yep. And to do that though, we have to figure out what our random twist is. Alright. So I am going okay. to generate more twists. And you're, you're doing the roll... you're doing the twist as we speak? And you are going to roll a d10. Yes, I'm doing the okay. twist as we speak. Yeah, because I don't even hear the exertion like your breath. You've got excellent cardio and sort of breath control. I have a swivel chair. Oh, well. So I'm, I'm doing it sitting. Take the effort seated. out of it. Okay. All right. I have in my hands a ten-sided die, which I will now roll with an eight. An eight. Due to illness, a character becomes addicted to a substance. Are we talking about the bard? Because that's almost a given that he's an alcoholic. Well, I, I know we talked about being beyond the, uh, elevated beyond stereotypes, but <laughs> there are certain parts of being a bard that just go like it's. I'm pretty sure it's written in the class description. <laughs> or is it well, someone else? Is it? It can. Else? It can be one of the characters. It could be Beta, mm -hmm. or it could be Gothmog, or it could be someone in the village that we're trying to save. It can be anywhere. It doesn't the have to be. The village has vast poppy farms and Gothmog wants to control the opium trade. Oh, so maybe the reason he's kind of assembled this group mm. is because he got hurt back in the day. Yeah. And he's been kind of on these painkillers for as long as he can remember. Mm. And he needs more and more of it. So he's rampaging across this country, which is yeah. well known Hendrick for his is going to have to fields. figure out a way to use that against him. Oh, oh okay. Oh, so, so Gothmog... Ooh is a poppy addict, and we are trying to protect high... high... high-end? High... high-end? High-rest? High-chair? Uh, high-rest. H-A-H-Y-R-S-T. High-rest. 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 That's a dumb way to spell a name. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Oh, agreed. What's D&D &D if not a series of dumb names <laughs> in a line that we all just accept? So, that's fine. Listen. I, I just what. hit the random generator, you roll the die, we see what pops up. That's all that's going on here. I'm no one to judge. <laughs> so it sounds like you are bringing Edric the Bard back. Edric the Bard is in highest <laughs> on the run from the uh, elves from the previous adventure. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's found himself in the barren hills in the <laughs> town of Highest. <laughs> 
trying to <laughs> scrape a living off of performing for the yokels and uh, poppy farmers when suddenly Gothmog comes through and says, you done. <laughs> What's he going to do? And it looks like our traveling companion this time around is Zordlon. <laughs> Z-O-R-D-L-O-N. Zordlon. That's kind of exactly how I thought it would be spelled. Zordlon. <laughs> He's clearly a wizard. That's a wizard's he is, name. He is an elf druid. Oh, breaking the stereotypes right there. A ah. druid named Zordlon. Zordlon. An elf druid, you say? Yeah. Hmm. Was he an elf who was trying to... Is he using that Ewok tech from the first adventure? <laughs> How far are we... Like, are we developing a full lore canon I, deal? I, we definitely could. <laughs> it's something. I hadn't thought of that, but we definitely could. <laughs> Maybe Let's we see. shouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> I, I mean, know. I totally thought of that. And yeah, so it's we're definitely... planned from the beginning. Meticulously uh, planned every detail. Okay, Incredible. so he doesn't have much in the way of charisma... Edric has got that covered. He's actually even not that smart. Edric does not have that covered. So he just kind of... Is he wise, though? Uh, I mean, he's, he's moderately wise, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't actually develop any... The, the generator I'm using doesn't give me any, like, background. Okay. I'm just trying to look at what he's got available and pulling from that. Okay. I'm thinking... I'm thinking that the reason they run into each other is because Zordlon actually tends... High-wrists, poppy fields. So what you're saying, that he's a hippie. He's not I a, he's a am druid, not saying he's that. He's a hippie, and he's using I'm implying it. the poppies. I'm okay. saying he keeps the poppy fields growing. Ah, okay. He takes care of them. So he's a dealer. He's Those a are your words. Person. I need you to stop putting words in Zordlon's mouth. It's Zordlon. full of poppy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has low intelligence, so I'm trying to... <laughs> not sorry, not low intelligence, but he's not very intelligent. So I'm just trying to interpret for him. Okay. He has red eyes or red hair, red aqua hair? eyes. Not okay, yeah. not red eyes. I, well, they mean no. he might have red eyes. I mean, you know, too Seems much. Seems like he's kind of chubby. Well, no, I guess with red hair and aqua eyes. Okay, all right. So I, I, I kind of like in the way this falls out. He that that's why Edric the Bard runs into him he hears he hears about this from beta mm-hmm. and he's immediately you know as you would goes to see the fields see well, okay gonna how am i going to protect it right yeah i mean he's looking for a story and he's a bard he's like you know, I'm a little bit of poppies now and then i mean <laughs> <clears throat> yeah so we will we will see okay. next time how all that pops out when yeah, goth pops mog... out pops <laughs> out <laughs> yeah when gothmog shows up to try and you done. Take over the poppy fields. You done. Gothmog of You Done. You're and done. with that, we done. We done. I'm Simmy. Is that our co-host. new sign up? We done. <laughs> Drop <For> the <laughs> mic. It's <laughs> good. Good stuff. But until next time. With the exciting conclusion of Edric and Zordlon and the mm-hmm. amazing poppy field. Right on. We done. That's it. That's I'm it. Simi. We done. Go away now. And you are? Probably King Monkey, but they can turn off. They can pause now. They're done. The podcast's over. Stop. Okay. Stop. You're done. Stop. <laughs>